0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like crushing on your therapist, <laughs> your boyfriend's guns, <laughs> oh and sleeping with your pastor.
0: Yo, this episode, I- <laughs> <laughs> I just hearing those taglines is so entertaining. Okay, I know, continue. It's,
1: it's a lot. Y'all are, <laughs> you're all in a pickle. Let Yo, me tell you. Uh, well,
0: also, <laughs> Sam sent me the letters for like the past couple months to review. And he was like, we got a lot of letters in September. Cuffing season? Question <laughs> mark.
1: <laughs> it's not cuffing season. Turns out I had to Google it. Cosmo says it's not till, well, now we're in October. So it's happening. There now. we go.
0: It's pre-cuffing season. It's. Yes. The lead up. Sleeve, sleeving. All right. Keep going. Did
1: you know that cuffing season doesn't come from cuffs of sleeves, but handcuffs? (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (gasps) Uh, Let's see. I also
1: found that out in that Cosmo article I read. So,
0: abolish a prison system. Okay, continue.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, yeah, before we begin, even though we already have, uh, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed therapists. Right.
0: We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings and our mediocre jokes for, for hopefully <laughs> shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So... Before we dive into today's salacious check-in topic to go along with the theme of this episode, um, right. we just want to remind you all that we have entered a wonderful, um, sustainable, enjoyable, consensual partnership <laughs> with Spotify. Uh, and so we are going to be exclusively found on Spotify, including our back catalog starting on October 19th, which is two weeks from now if you're listening to the present moment when it comes out
1: (laughs) that is right and now is the time friends to Mm -hmm. download spotify make that shift have you done it yet have Mm -hmm. you liked it Mm -hmm. Uh, because Two weeks is coming really quickly, and I don't want you to suddenly go to your other podcast platforms on the nineteenth. We're not gone, and not see us there, right? So, so now's the time to download Spotify if you already if you haven't already. Again, it's one hundred percent free to download and make an account; no credit card required. um, And you can listen to all of your favorite music and podcasts on Mm -hmm. the same platform, which is really great. Um, And if you search for us on the Spotify app, you can click the follow button which will make sure that uh, any new episodes that come up will pop up in your feed uh, automatically. Yeah. So it's easy. You can do it. Free. I know it's a hassle. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's like the it's tiniest hassle. Us.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. <right. laughs> and obviously, thanks um, for all your continued support. You guys have been so encouraging that we really feel like we made the right choice. Um, also, to that follow button thing, I recently followed us on Spotify, <laughs> hey. and something maybe I'm like maybe this can be a learning moment for other people who are new to the Spotify app. At uh, first, I was like kind of frustrated because we have like a bajillion episodes at this point over a hundred mm-hmm. and when i followed it showed up with our teaser and first episode first um but then i realized if you play around with the app it's really easy to switch it particularly even on the desktop you can switch it so that like the most recent episode comes first uh just so great heads up for folks if that's bothering anyone else like it was me several weeks ago
1: that's awesome. Yeah. And as a, as a moment of accountability for myself, I will say that I have downloaded the app and created <laughs> created an account, but haven't followed anyone, and, including Just Break Up. So, damn like, it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, I feel y'all. Like, I know that we're all on our journey into Spotify procrastination.
0: together. Procrastination, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
1: Uh, but let's all make the commitment to downloading yes. it, signing up for it, and following Just Break Up there
0: yes absolutely oh and to end in honor of this big transition this new relationship that we're entering and also mm-hmm. because we haven't done one in a while and we love and miss you all Sam and I are going to do a Instagram happy hour live Instagram live on Saturday September 10th
1: hey it's Spencer the Instagram live is October 10th not September 10th Sierra's going to say it a couple more times, but it's definitely October 10th, not September 10th. Okay, bye.
0: Um, at 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern, I think is the time that I freaking posted. <laughs> I will correct myself <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, but so this is uh, Saturday, September 10th.
1: October 10th.
0: 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. We're going to hang out on Instagram for an hour. Um, we will answer some of your questions. Um, we will... Update you about our lives, do all those good things. So head over to our Instagram on that date, um, or or follow us today. At Just Break Up Pod is our Instagram. Oh, I can't middle. wait!
1: I'm gonna have to assemble my my lighting apparatus <laughs> to make sure that I I look good. I when honestly we're on always Instagram love. Live.
0: I love those Instagram lives because uh, it's so. We've said this before a thousand times, but it bears repeating. Like podcasting is kind of like yelling into the void. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you and I just like sit on the edge of the void and like hold hands and like dangle our feet off the edge, um, mm-hmm. and you know, pass judgment on other people's relationship choices. And that's great. I love
1: that <laughs> metaphor so much. I like have right. this picture of us in our in my mind of us like. <laughs> sitting on the edge of an abyss just like talking to each other and then every
0: time somebody writes us from the void it's like a it's like a paper plane like flies out of the darkness and we catch it and read it (laughs) um but so the instagram lives i really love because y'all can can like chat and we try to like answer and engage with everybody's comments um to the best of our ability so Come check us out September 10th.
1: Still October. Definitely October 10th.
0: Saturday, 630 Central, 730 Eastern. We will be on Instagram live in honor of this new partnership with Spotify. But Sam, tell me or let me tell you (laughs) about this week's check-in topic.
1: Oh, I can't wait.
0: I can't. You're going to have to because I got to pull it up. (laughs) For some reason, I closed it
1: also i want i want people to guess who picked this check-in topic once you (laughs) announce it
0: okay so this letter is from a listener the listener's name is secret time who is writing from albany new york and secret time i'll paraphrase it in a happy relationship 30 years old um and her partner wants her to or have has commented on the fact that he would like to watch her masturbate. And mm-hmm. the listener writes, um, you know, that masturbation was always like a private, sacred, fun, secret time, you know, for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't, you know, the listener just doesn't really jive like with doing it. Um, and something that I, it, for for their partner. And so I'll just read really quickly. I'm pretty orgasm centric in my sex, which I think is sometimes seen as, quote, rare for women, or the stereotype is that women need a lot of foreplay. Everyone is, of course, different, but I'm pretty wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, and I just don't want to waste my time rubbing away and getting awkward or bored or losing the moment. Is that kind of selfish? Thanks. So to summarize really quickly, the the, the question is, is it weird to not want to masturbate in front of your partner? And Mm -hmm. before Sam gives me any shit, he put this letter in a pile of letters that I could choose from. So it was a joint choosing.
1: No, it is. Any check-in topic that comes through, I just pass on. Oh, my God. Okay, fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yes i chose this check-in topic um i i chose this check-in topic because it's salacious and it matches all of our other letters this week but also it's quick and fun and easy um that's what she said
1: about masturbating (laughs) about her own masturbation techniques yes
0: uh (laughs) and i also strongly relate to you senior time about the wham bam thank you ma'am orgasm centric type of person um Mm -hmm. i that is all i will say (laughs) so many people are like i want to like passionately kiss you and i'm like i want to orgasm
1: (laughs) (laughs) i need that flood of brain chemicals asap yeah yeah. it is not about how much i love you it's about my own mental health
0: (laughs) yes exactly um okay with all of that um tmi going on is it okay if people don't want to masturbate in front of their partners
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And to me, also, I think the the important definition to me in this answering check in topic is um, if there's mutual masturbation going on, to me, or like masturbating in front of an audience, that is all of a sudden a partner sex act. It doesn't matter if your partner is like sitting across the room. Um, mm-hmm. That's no longer the masturbation that I code as masturbation in my brain. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it may be a hundred percent genuine, but it's still performative in a way because because the audience there's the audience, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like watching me masturbate <laughs> like in my normal <laughs> way would be incredibly boring. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I want so many details, but I won't ask because I know you like, won't tell me. No one me. needs to see I'm... that.
1: It's like it is also similarly wham bam thank you man. it would right?
0: also like, be so short but, i mean mine <laughs> i would just be like it was like you really want to watch this because it'll like like do you want serious yeah. entertainment because we can turn on netflix like mm-hmm. the, at least those shows are 20 minutes long
1: <laughs> right so i think um, i think it separating it from what you do like in your own space and say like like Sierra said, like, this is a sex act between me and my partner and I'm like right? putting on a show for him. Right. Like I'm, I'm being right. sexy. <clears throat> I'm um, in the same way that you might like wear lingerie or like do a dance or something. Right. Like that's all <laughs> stuff that could, that isn't necessarily like what you would do in your spare time, but it's right. like an effort to like show your partner how sexy you are and like right. feel good about yourself. Right. right? And, and so like, I think you absolutely can say no. And it's not weird to not want to masturbate in front of someone. Like I don't, that's not weird at all. I think that that's very normal. Um, But I would encourage you to look at it like differently to say, this is about me and my partner and not about like what my, my normal private time, my normal private time can stay normal and private and mine. Right. And there's this thing that I do with my partner that is not penetrative sex, but is a, a sex act between us. That's very different from this.
0: Right. I think that was like my big takeaway from this idea too, is that, and I I should say, this is something I'm just now discovering in my thirties that my personal sex life, my personal sexuality with myself can look Mm -hmm. very different than my sexuality with my spouse or my partner Um, that like, I can want different things too, or um, I was really empowered to learn that like our fantasies don't always have to reflect our sexuality, you know, like mm-hmm. they're just different wells to fill in different ways. So a couple things, one, you never have to do anything with a partner that you don't want to do. Honestly, life is too fucking short to put on the performance that is, uh, unenthusiastic sex. Um, I did that way too much when I was younger and I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Number two, um, it is possible, uh, you, you can just say this isn't really for me or, you know, you can, um, segue into something else or whatever, but mm-hmm. you can also do what Sam said, which is, um, code them as different things, right? Like mm-hmm. do this thing for your partner because your partner thinks it's pleasurable and you don't mind it or, uh, and keep your private precious time to yourself, um, I think that would probably be my best best piece of advice, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, and I think if you do that, it'll be you might find that you enjoy it more than you think that you would, because um, there is something really sexy about like showing oh, off for totally. someone.
0: Totally. If you feel, if you feel in that power, in that sensuality, mm-hmm. or whatever, it can be so fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I, d- and I it's to- also like, good.
1: No, it's also like you don't have to like. <laughs> do it for like 20 minutes. Like Mm -mm. you could do it for a little bit and then be like, join me or whatever. Like,
0: yeah. I I love this.
1: (laughs) I think that you might be like building it up in your head as something that it doesn't have to be. And you can find a way if you want to, to be clear, if you want to, um, you could find a way to make it work for you and your partner. Yeah. Instead of just like sitting there, having him watch you the whole time, Right do it for a little bit, and then invite him in, or like mid stuff stop and like have him watch you get yourself off right like there's a there's multiple different things that you can do that that love might...
0: this side of you <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> listen,
0: <laughs> I'm loving it, you're showing up man you're lean you're brene Brown in you're leaning uh, in um that's right here
1: I am in the arena. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the arena all of a sudden becomes a metaphor for masturbation or uh (laughs) self-pleasure um here's the last thing i realized while you're talking to is secret time listen if you don't if if slow and steady isn't the way you come then and he wants to watch you masturbate then there's nothing to be ashamed of like Mm
1: -mm. like if
0: you're like okay cool you can watch me but it's going to take me two minutes you know
1: <laughs> which might honestly be or exactly less. what he wants yeah right
0: yeah some people some people think it's hot if it's fast also like mm-hmm. we're like grown-ass people um it's a superpower to be able to pleasure yourself well so <laughs> <laughs> is that is that really that funny i didn't i didn't think it was that funny <laughs>
1: uh, you're right it's a superpower You're yes <laughs>
0: Undermined. Okay, let's get to our first letter. This thing letter. that
1: like ninety eight percent of the population does.
0: <laughs> I just meant like okay, yes, fine. Let's move on.
1: Oh, uh, anyway, now that we've thoroughly embarrassed ourselves, let's yeah. uh let's move on.
0: <laughs> your your blushing is matching your red nail polish and your red sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. It's okay. also like really hot in this room for some reason. Anyway. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's read our first letter. So this letter comes from crushing on my therapist who is writing from the void.
0: I wonder what this letter is about.
1: Right. I love it when they like, they don't bury the lead. They're like, here, here's what it is. Y'all <laughs> uh-huh. dear Sam and Sierra. I'm a 28 cis queer lady and just got out of a four year relationship with a partner who couldn't fulfill my needs and values around sex. We weren't having any. And no willingness on her part to communicate about it or work on it together. We're still friends and she's still a huge part of my life, but we just aren't compatible as lovers. We live together, so I had to find a new apartment, move out, all during the pandemic. The adjustment from cozy couple town to loner quarantine city has <laughs> been really hard. And I'm slowly building my new nest and self esteem as my partner's constant rejection of me sexually made me question my self worth hmm. and negatively affected my body image. Part of that head and heart work is therapy. I started sessions with my therapist, Kate, over the phone due to COVID. I didn't look her up or Google her apart from checking out the photo on the clinic website. I didn't think much about it beyond that she looked kind, and we had sessions by phone for a few months. She's such a great therapist, queer, supportive, validates my feelings, and challenges me to be kinder and more compassionate to myself. It's surprisingly tough work, as I had no idea I was holding so much self-judgment and Mm. hatred. Recently, we were able to have a COVID-safe in-person session, and holy fuck, she is a babe. <laughs> like, so attractive, you guys. And it's got me all confused and distracted. I was still able to speak honestly during our session, i.e. I ugly cried the whole time. But in the back of my mind, there was a new voice saying, Oh, God, how embarrassing this hot person is watching me, watching you cry about your ex. I'm wondering if I can still have a healthy therapeutic relationship with her now that I picture I can picture us dating. I already feel anxious about what to wear to our next session. And part of me wants to see more together or less mentally ill so that she'll think I'm attractive too. which I then think is insane and tell myself to purposely look terrible so that she doesn't think I'm attractive and we can continue our work together. Basically I have a crush on my therapist I know it's normal to be attracted to a therapist. After all, all we do is talk about me. <laughs> and realistically, I know I don't know her at all outside our sessions. COVID has so drastically reduced the amount of new people I meet, so she stands out even more. I definitely don't want to act on these thoughts and won't. But should I bring it up at a future session or keep it to myself since I don't plan on doing anything about it? My my friends think I should just enjoy it and appreciate that I have a young, relatable queer therapist. I'm also worried that since the queer community is so small, even in my city, that we have mutual friends or worse, mutual exes. And this adds more to my anxiety about sharing with her. Is this therapy doomed?
0: Oh, crushing on my therapist. No, it is not doomed. But do not tell her you are attracted (laughs) to
1: her. (laughs) Uh. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man, this what? letter is like, I'm so, they're just like, nah, I just, here's what I'll say to you. crushing on my therapist. I'm already is shocked that, by this. <laughs> is that I think it's really normal to, like you said, to, to think that you and your therapist have a relationship that isn't there. Right. Like Sierra talks about all the time that she like tried to buy her therapist coffee once. And the therapist was like, no, <laughs>
0: Why you gotta drag me like this? <laughs>
1: what? So, I think what gives me pause about this is that like it's already hard because you like I think it's normal for us to think that our therapists are our friends, but it's like if you have a crush on that person, I just think it's going to be really really challenging to be able to show up, um, in a way that's actually going to get at what the purpose of this therapy is, mm. which is someone to walk you through your mental health challenges. Right. And so like, it just gives me a significant pause that you're already thinking about what you're going to wear. Like you're already picturing dating this person. And I, and I know that that's really hard, but I, it's like, you gotta, you have to remember that this person is a professional. You are paying this person to listen to you. Mm. You are paying this person to help you with a very specific goal in mind, which is to help you navigate the mental health stuff that you're going through and it is not to be your friend. It is not to be someone that you're dating. And if it if you can't separate those things, then you are undermining your own mental health mm-hmm. by focusing on this instead of what you're... And you're wasting money, right? Like, yeah. it's not worth it to pay someone to, like, to make you think that you are in a relationship with them. Like if you want that, then like find a sugar baby. That's Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I am no longer surprised. I thought you were going to be like, "Go for it." That's why I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> at the beginning mm-hmm. of this. But now this all makes sense. You're saying you're you're questioning Rightfully, I think, because you're right, the biggest, not red flag, but the biggest like small notice in this letter is thinking about where you're going to wear and how to like Mm -hmm. not look like a like a mentally ill person around this person when that is your purpose of being there. Is that transparency and that vulnerability? Um, Okay, so I'm I. I love that all.
1: Yes. And the other thing that really gives me pause is that you are talking about how much the (laughs) rejection of your partner really impacted your self-esteem and I'm afraid that if you go into this therapist weekly and feel like you're being rejected every week that it's just it's not going to be a healthy place for you to be able to address those those challenges
0: well and I think the reason why I'm saying that why while I agree with everything you're saying I'm not leaning that far into the no or the doomed area I'm Mm -hmm. like more like skirting around it um, is because I am wondering how much of this is a um, escape crush, an escapism crush. You know, mm-hmm. like we're in a pandemic. You went through a terrible breakup. You're meeting this um, person who looks wildly um, happy, healthy, whole, got it all together, has a well-paying job. Um is a mentally sound person so much so that they can give advice because they went to school for it. You know, (laughs) unlike Sam and I, um, like Uh this person's looking hella attractive. Plus they're physically attractive. Are you kidding me? Um, this is like a perfect recipe for me for a crush, number one, but also an escapism crush of like, There, Mm -hmm. a lot is going on right now and oh my God, I am trying to dive into things that make me really uncomfortable or are painful, but look how pretty the therapist is, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. So uh, the reason why I'm saying maybe it's not doomed is can you disempower the crush? Like we always say, can you just Mm -hmm. be like, wow, this person's really attractive, um, I'm so glad, like your friends say, that you, that I feel safe and understood and in the same community as this therapist. Um, uh, It's a bummer that this is how we met, but this is how we met, which means they're totally off limits, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that you can do, if you feel capable enough, you can do the mental gymnastics that re, um, reposition her as like a... A hot therapist. Period. <laughs> She's just a hot therapist. Yeah. There's no more mm-hmm. power than I mean, that. That's it.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: But what Sam said is so important, and I'm so glad you led with this, so I didn't waste this person's time. More. <laughs> um, <laughs> if this, if this behavior continues, if, if, and there's nothing wrong with this. First of all, there's nothing oh, wrong not. with no. feeling this temptation and feeling this self consciousness. This is core humanness, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um. There's nothing wrong with it, but if you can't, if you can't seem to go where you need to go, like Sam said, then you're wasting right. money and you're, and you're, you're disempowering yourself and you are, yeah, you're, it's wasting money and time. You're not doing what you're meant to do. And plus, if you really can't control it, then stop being her patient and then you can send her a DM, right? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not up to date on the ethics of therapists, um, so I'm going to defer to someone else, but that seems shady, shady.
0: (laughs) If you're not, if you're not patients anymore.
1: I just don't know. know. That's like when people are like, oh, he's not my professor anymore, so it's okay. And it's like,
0: well, I went on a date with an ex-professor. I know. How did it go? Uh, We made out and that was it. And then I made him send me a summary of the Letter of
1: recommendation? (laughs)
0: No, even better. I made him send me a summary of the date in emojis.
1: (laughs) Cute.
0: I know. He was an English professor, so, you know, try to hit him where it hurts. Emojis. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. Um, Okay, continuing. Um, So, yeah. Closing thoughts about this?
1: I just, just encourage you crushing to really think long and hard about what is most important to you in this therapy and Mm -hmm, really focus on mm -hmm. that thing. Right. And I think for you, it's, it's recovering from this breakup with your ex, dealing with your self esteem issues and your, your fears of rejection and, and put that at the center of this decision and not whether or not it is fun to, to like, look at an attractive person.
0: I would, I would, um, can you, disempower uh, attractiveness like because one beautiful people uh, feel like they have like this crazy sway over us sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they get away, they get away with a ton. They get people to do things, you know, whatever. Number two, um, our worry about being attractiveness. I remember being like having my whole insides rearranged when I read something about uh, women like feeling as though they owed attractiveness to the world and Mm -hmm. and being like oh my god shit like i don't need to be attractive if i go to the post office like that's not my that's (laughs) not what i i don't owe beauty to the world right and we're kind of raised as like young people um like oh look at this pretty little girl you have such a pretty haircut look at those cute dress that you're wearing instead of saying you look so small strong and and smart and capable you know and so something really shifted in me when I realized that my worth wasn't wrapped up in my attractiveness. So mm-hmm. I think maybe combining what Sam said about like really thinking about what you want in this therapy journey because it's it's not to get a bow, right? It's mm-hmm. to it's to walk down this long journey into yourself continually and mm-hmm. and with more t- more tools. And then also what does it say or like what can I learn from this attractiveness issue that's coming up, which is that I'm, I'm giving over my power to this person. I seem that I find attractive, who's t- totally inaccessible to me. And I'm also mm-hmm. worrying about my desirability over my mental health.
1: Right. Right. And that's, that's the trap that I don't want you to fall in Crushin is like, I don't want you to be worried about your desirability over your mental health, right? right? Like I want you to be focused on the mental health piece of it. And I think In terms of like dethroning attractiveness, um, I think exactly what you said, Sierra, about like normalizing your attraction to her, right? Like it's not a forbidden thing. It is not like it is not some like it's not the stars aligning and like fate. It's like, no, this is a person that is attractive that you're attracted to. And it's normal to feel attracted to people that that you don't have a chance to to get with, right? Like right. that's very normal. And just because you find someone attractive doesn't mean that you will act on those impulses, right? Like dethroning the like, Oh my God, I'm so attractive to this or attracted this person. I am not going to be able to control myself is like, n- no, like we're all attracted to people all the time. And yet we are mm-hmm. able to like function in society except for like gross, gross men like Harvey Weinstein.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes.
1: But like we all, it's normal to be attracted to people. It is normal to, to imagine all of the things that you would want to do with them. Right. And so I think sometimes like we said earlier
0: in the chicken topic,
1: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I think sometimes the thrill of like the forbidden fruit is really where we get ourselves into a, like a pickle, like where we can't move in either Mm. direction. So like, there's no thrill here. It's just, it's just a reaction that you're having to someone who is, is, beautiful which is which is very normal and it doesn't have to define how you interact with that person yeah
0: Yeah, i totally agree all right my darling we hope that this helps and you we hope you feel a little uh less alone in your quarantine and thank you so much for writing
1: we love you Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? I will tell you that I 100% am in that 75% of people. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had maybe, I don't know, 15 subscriptions, Um, but I couldn't believe it when actually I had way more than that. And it was things that I both had forgotten about and not forgotten about, but like seeing it all in one place was a real sort of amazing moments of clarity for me from streaming services and fitness apps and delivery services. Like everyone's trying to sell you a subscription now and Rocket Money is great because it helps make sure that you're no longer wasting money on the ones that you forgot about.
0: Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place and if I see something I don't want. Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love how the dashboard helps me see this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits. It is humbling (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly helpful. Uh And... They'll also help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track.
1: Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting Money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up.
0: That's RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up. RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up. All right. This next letter is from Anonymous, who is writing from the South. And a quick trigger warning before I read the letter, uh, it has mentions of suicide and suicidal ideation. Dear Sierra and Sam, hello, your podcast has been like a friend to me over the last year. Your humble musings have given me insight on a lot of my own emotions and experiences, and you have been a particularly great companion on early work mornings. My boyfriend, 28, and I, queer, 27, have been together for two years now. We recently moved in together about five months ago, and for the most part, it's been going wonderfully. I would indeed consider it the good, true love that I've heard about on the show many times before. Anytime I think we are about to fight or get upset, we can turn it into a conversation. He owns the house, has a career he enjoys, and is a delight to be around. We're both introverted and balance well, respecting each other's space, energy, and interests. He is so supportive of me and as well as just kind and fun. We even adopted a sweet rescue dog. The issue, which I was afraid of even before we moved in together, is that he owns guns and it's hard for me to deal with their presence. Back when we first started dating on our third date, my boyfriend asked me how I felt about gun ownership. He said he owned two guns that he inherited from his father. I was honest with him. I have a long history of mental illness, which includes being hospitalized for a suicide attempt years ago. As a half-Black queer person as well, my relationship with guns has a social, political, and historical context that he lacks as a white male. However, while I believe in gun regulation, I personally think that guns are hard to talk about for people because they're so dangerous and divisive, and the politics surrounding them, therefore, is a mess in the United States. I would not want to own a gun, and in several states, I legally cannot. But ultimately, I did not have a problem with him safely and legally owning firearms, especially heirlooms. A few months later, into the relationship, I learned his father had killed himself while struggling with cancer. Fast forward to now, and my boyfriend owns a lot more guns than just those he inherited. Collecting has become one of his biggest hobbies. There is not a stash shown in John Wick bigger than what my boyfriend owns. (laughs)
1: That's crazy. Peter just made me watch that movie recently. And I was like, there's a lot of guns in this film.
0: I once asked him how many there are across his three safes. And he told me, quote, I don't want to know. He can always tell me a fun fact about each one, a cool bit of engineering history or use of it in a movie or a video game. When we are watching movies, he even likes to shout out weapons when they show one he owns he is always very careful about safety and always very conscious of me. Ammo is always separate. The one time I accidentally saw the combination of one of the safes, he changed it immediately. If he leaves a part out, he puts a lock on it or explains and shows me that it is inert. He is supportive of me and my feelings, and there's not really anything else I can ask him to do uh, to do better on here. But the thing is, I'm still not one hundred percent comfortable. Especially living together, the presence of guns is almost oppressive to me. I sometimes feel feel hyper-conscious of their proximity. The house where we share is pretty small, so the safes are in our shared office, and the accessories and ammo are stored across almost every other room. There is not a way for me to not see everything on a daily basis. I was suicidal for so long that my brain was basically hardwired to consider killing myself an option when I was overwhelmed. I have good coping skills, and these thoughts usually pass quickly now, but my monkey brain only thinks of the easy access the guns in the house give me. I feel like if this was any other hobby, I would admire the amount of love and effort my boyfriend puts into his collection. He loves talking about his stuff and often takes his friends and families to the range. I feel bad that he cannot engage in this hobby with me. When he tinkers something or gets a cool piece, he's always wanted to show it off to me. I indulge him, but I also feel like I should know as little as possible about them as a preventative measure. Do you think I just uh, need to wait it all out until I'm desensitized to being around them? Should I lean into learning more about them so that they're not just tools of death to me? Is this living situation and relationship just not for me? I feel like I'm really at a loss of what to do. I also cannot help but think what is ahead of in the far future. And even with a better house setup, I would not want guns in the same house as any kids we might have. Thank you for reading. I understand this is an uncomfortable and hard topic, so I understand not picking or reading it. Gun ownership is one of those taboo things. As I've been talking to more of my family and friends, I've found out more people around me own guns than I thought, no matter how liberal they are. As my therapist predicted, just writing about this helped organize and let out my thoughts and feelings a bit. I love you both, and thank you. Okay, thank you so much for writing, anonymous um i really appreciate the time and energy you put into articulating this letter and um first off i just feel for you i feel like Mm -hmm. you're in a very nuanced complicated and um triggering situation and Mm -hmm. one that doesn't feel like there's any clear answer you know because Mm -hmm. um i appreciate that you took the time to write out that this is like a healthy happy, good, true love. And I also appreciate the fact that your boyfriend has been taking all these safety precautions and is really, really, really sensitive to you um, and separating you from it as much as possible. You know, keeping in mind, you guys live in the same house and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that is, it's, the situation is just really complicated. And I want to say that because I want you to recognize that, like, you're not, You're not failing like you have it's absolutely understandable that you would be so confused about this situation because there are so many levels here that are that are really tricky to navigate. Um, And I I just want to say, like, I love and appreciate you for, you know, Mm. for going through this and like thinking about this and trying to be as um, holistic as possible. And I also honestly appreciate your boyfriend for for trying to do the things that he can do to make you feel more at peace while also like recognizing that this is something that's important to him and that mm-hmm. he's going to continue to pursue because it brings him joy in it. And it is, it is a hobby of his. Um, and also just want to call out right now that like, you're right that this conversation about guns is really sticky. Right, um, It is a, a difficult thing to talk about. Like even in this moment, I am having like knee jerk reactions to <laughs> yeah. the idea of like why does this man need so many guns? Like what do guns exist for except to like hurt other people? Right. Um, right. And that's true. And also people enjoy them and people find legitimately want to keep them as hobbies. Right. And
0: there's... I know a lot of people who have like like this boyfriend sounds like have a historical appreciation for the engineering of them and the history of mm-hmm. them. Um obviously you know i'm a little bit more in your camp
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and so i'm i'm trying to navigate that too and just want to like put that out there and show a little bit of like honesty (laughs) and vulnerability that like you're right that this is a really complicated topic yeah and i'm trying my best to also do what you're doing which is like navigate the fact that many people love guns and love gun ownership and find them interesting and fascinating and and focus on that rather than what i focus on which is that they are tools of death they are designed to kill things and people yeah um and that it's for me it would be weird to have a collection of something that is a weapon right yeah like i don't keep swords in my house either (laughs) like yes although i wish i did that would be fun (laughs) yeah but it it is really complicated yeah just want to I'm glad that. you
0: said all that. Um, that sets the stage perfectly. Um, because I I think you're right. The if we take out our own personal knee jerk reactions, which are valid, right? Like they're they're knee jerk for a reason. Like we people get have triggers for a reason. But if mm-hmm. we if we take that out and think about this as a hobby that or, that we a hobby of someone we love and respect you know, that we know we cannot control and that we know will always be ideologically different than us. Um, Mm -hmm. This is just like any other incompatibility in a relationship. However, um, just like every other incompatibility, the question is whether you two can rise together in this dissonance, in this this, um, discomfort and meet each other not in the middle, but maybe at a new ground that you haven't mm-hmm. tackled yet. Um, or is the, is the disconnect is the incompatibility so much so that um, neither of you can be your full, true, authentic selves in partnership with each other. I'm not seeing that um, just, so you know, anonymous, like I, I'm not, I don't think that your relationship is doomed. I, I, I feel for you a lot because I don't know what I would do in this situation. Um, But I think my biggest challenge to you is going to be um, a a challenge to be as honest and transparent with your partner as possible because you're, you're not going to get numb to this. I don't think this is, Mm -hmm. I think this is something that is personal enough to you and triggering enough to you that like, You're not going to become desensitized, at least in a way that is honoring your experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sure, you could desensitize and numb to this thing that he loves and you hate, but like there is an imbalance there. Um, Mm -hmm. So first challenge is you have to be as transparent with him as possible, even saying, hey, I've been I see all this work you're doing and. I'm still uncomfortable. And I don't want to tell you that I'm uncomfortable because I don't want to make you change something that you love, but this is just the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And my second challenge for you is more of a philosophical one that like, we can hem and haw about this all day. Um, We can try to make a decision that respects both your partner and you equally, but Sometimes we are unable to make an informed, thoughtful decision that centers both ourselves and the person we're trying not to disappoint. Sometimes mm-hmm. that just is impossible. So yes. f- just just a thought to put out there is that like being true to your feelings about this and your boyfriend being true to his desires and hobbies, which we want him to do, might never align the way we as harmoniously as we would hope.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, I think it is really important for us to acknowledge the fact that this hobby is different from other yes. hobbies. Yes. Um, and I think, I think um, sometimes what we try to do is, is say like, well, you know, like I want him to enjoy his hobbies and I, or I want, if this were something else, like it wouldn't be a big deal. And it's like, well, yeah, it if this were something yeah. else, yeah. it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Right? Because the reality is, is that having a gun in the house increases the likelihood of suicide. Like that has been studied and proven. And the fact that you are someone who struggles with su- suicidal ideation, that you are someone who has attempted that and, and know, you know that, that those thought processes exist in you and you are actively working against them it is more dangerous to have a gun in the house. Like it, like mm-hmm. that is just the, the reality of it. And I think sometimes we, I think in this really hyper-polarized and part political world right mm-hmm. now, I think mm-hmm. many of us are trying to like, to sort of take a step back from that and say, you know, trying to sort of, to to mellow things out. And I appreciate that impulse and also want to recognize the fact that that guns are different than Mm -hmm. (laughs) needlepoint. They're different Mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. collecting bugs, right? They are weapons that can be used against other people and against ourselves. And so it's not the same as another hobby. And I, and people can push back against that. But for, for me, you know, being a person who is struggling with suicide and having something that is going to make it that much easier to commit Mm -hmm. suicide at your ready disposal is really challenging in a way that needlepoint is not in a way that mm-hmm. stamp collecting is not in a way that video games are not. Um, and so I just want to call that out and say like, you don't need to minimize
0: mm-hmm.
1: the realities of gun what ownership mm-hmm. and your, your struggles with suicide and suicidal ideation, right? Those things are real. They are, you can't just explain them away as I have, a mental health issue and he has hobbies, right? Like it's, no, you struggle with suicidal ideation and he is giving you easier access to guns. And that's scary. It is. It's honestly really scary.
0: Right. Um,
1: but do I think it's a deal breaker? Not necessarily, but I do think that you have the opportunity. And I think honestly, just even for your own comfort and safety, asking him to change the way that he Yes. Stores and deals with his guns. Yeah. I honestly,
0: sorry, you want to go ahead? No, go ahead. I, I I wanted, I made a note in my notes about like, well, how is this not a deal breaker? Like, how can we look to the future? Um, Mm -hmm. and I wrote garage and (laughs) store and storage unit. And then I quickly Googled it and you're not actually, most storage companies won't let you store a gun in a storage unit. Yeah. And I don't think a
1: garage is like a good place to do it either because- well Breakins it, and garages are easier
0: is it oh okay just uh, just kidding so then I have no <laughs> ideas <laughs> but the idea is they are not in the house i i the the line in the letter about like the ominous presence like oh that like hurts my heart because mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to feel like you live in somewhere that's haunted but not with like a spirit um mm-hmm. and you deserve well let's just let's just say this. Anonymous, you deserve to feel safe. That is your human right. Um, And just because you love your partner um, and just because you struggle with mental illness and suicidal ideations doesn't negate the fact that you deserve to feel safe and you deserve to prioritize what makes you feel safe. So guess Mm -hmm. what? You might have to ask your boyfriend to get a different place to store his guns. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, sell them and donate the money to a mental health crisis. <laughs> Just a small suggestion, uh, uh. brainstorm.
1: <laughs> yeah, there goes the, those knee-jerk reactions. Sorry,
0: out. I take it back immediately. I honestly, no, I, I
1: no, I agree. Honestly, I like, like I,
0: I like the boyfriend. I I get a good vibe from him, even though we are ideologically wildly different about one thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is guns. Um.
1: So yeah, but also if that's not possible, you are not a bad person for breaking up with him for this thing. Mm. Right. And I think that that's, um, you know, we hear a lot of people who write letters in to us who say this person, this person is perfect except for this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reality is, is that sometimes the, the thing that isn't perfect is enough to negate the other perfect stuff. Right. Like, if you are honestly feeling unsafe and if you... I don't want you to live the rest of your life right. under a, an oppressive feeling of danger, right? Like that for me is not okay. That right. That is not... That's not a nutritious life for you to be mm-hmm. leading. Mm-hmm. And so I know that it's really hard to say that someone can be perfect and yet there can be one thing about them that doesn't work. And that's the thing that we have to focus on. But even if he... Was a multi millionaire and jet set, jet set you around the world and all of the things that you could possibly ever want for. And still, you felt this like level of oppression and fear Mm. every day. Mm -hmm. And even just like walking around into every room and seeing stuff that makes you deeply uncomfortable. And like, that's not that's different than me having to look at the art that Peter put on the wall that I hate or like. (laughs) Right, like that's different than me making concessions around the the yes. furniture that we buy or the movie that we watch or where we yes. go for dinner. Right, like I don't have to, even though I'm making concessions to what my my partner's hobbies and interests are, it doesn't feel like I am being, you know, crushed every day. Right, it in the same way that this is happening for you, um, and so that just it is okay for you if this if this is the thing that, that mm-hmm. you can't get past, it's okay for you to say, this is the thing I can't get past. Right. I'm sorry, this is it.
0: I totally agree. Um, and I want to add to something I said earlier, like Sam has given you permission to prioritize yourself and have this be the tipping point, right? To have this be the mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I want to add to what I said earlier, which was, you know, this can just be an incompatibility Um the incompatibility overpowers things if you can't find a way to rise above it together. And by rise above Mm -hmm. it together, I mean, well, actually, really quickly, I'll just say, like, this isn't your average incompatibility as Sam covered, you know? This Mm -hmm. isn't like a discomfort in wallpaper, right? (laughs) Um, uh, But how you, I do want to leave with, like ways in which I want to, I want to try to give you at least some tools or script about how to address this with your partner today in hopes of continuing and sustaining this relationship in a healthy way that makes you both feel authentic mm-hmm. and safe. Um, and so I mentioned the garage and store storage unit, and that was uh, swiftly negated <laughs> by both Sam and Google. Um, but, uh, but the why I said that is I, I want to empower you to be able to come to your partner and say, I'm trying really hard to be comfortable with this, particularly because of all of the measures you're taking to be safe and thoughtful with your hobbies. But I'm mm-hmm. just not. I'm still not. And I'm sorry, but that's the truth. I'm still not comfortable. This has been weighing on me. And I'm wondering if you and I, as partners, literally as teammates, can mm-hmm. fit, can, can, ad- can brainstorm ways in which we can make both of our um, goals achieved, right? Mm -hmm. Would it make you feel better if he stored the ammo somewhere else? Also, like, why do you need the ammo? I know. I get it. They're like toys, but, like, they're also killing machines. Um, Okay. Done. We've only, like, we've only (laughs) We're tiptoeing. We're doing good. Um, uh, We... Um is there a way that you could you could keep them separate or can you store them at a friend's house you know or a loving family member um this mm-hmm. is you know if you are if this is a good true healthy loving relationship then you two can work together to pr- literally problem solve it make it might sound like you guys are doing like a school project together as like a group project thing but it if you this is an incompatibility. This is a conflict that you two need to literally teammate work together, um, group effort to overcome. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I love that framing of it, of that we're, we're in this together. Like it's not, our goals are not necessarily incompatible, right? They're different. Right. And I want us to figure out how we can move towards those goals together. Right. Um,
0: because uh, like mm -hmm. Sam and I, how or ha- have these knee-jerk opinions and reactions to um gun ownership but we are also we also understand that literally everyone in the world sees the world differently than we do um mm-hmm. and that our partners will never be 100 percent compatible with us there will always be things not only that like we might not enjoy like our partner partners enjoy them but we just don't like like you know i just don't like, as we've reviewed, Adam Sandler movies. My wife weirdly <laughs> loves them, right? Adam Sandler movies can't kill anyone. Whee. Well. <laughs> dumb joke. Dumb joke. Okay.
1: you just like, I roll yourself to death,
0: baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, what I mean to say is I, I, I see a world in which you can like holistically rise up. Above this, right? Not like, not you fold your needs away to make room for his hobbies, mm-hmm. but instead mm-hmm. you two communicating. And and why I want this communication to happen is it is obvious that he is hearing what you're saying, right? I'm uncomfortable with guns. Let me be hyper aware of the safety and the storage of them. You know, like I see him doing work that you're asking of him, but I'm not... He- I'm not hearing you express to him how deeply this still makes you uncomfortable, even though you've done all this work. Both of you have done this work. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's nothing to be ashamed of. I want to give you permission to, to, to share that again. It's literally the script is, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be okay with this, but I'm just not. I see all of the work that you're doing and I really appreciate it. And I, and I see that as an act of love for me and i want to respect this thing that you're really into but i'm still not comfortable with it can is there are there things that we can do together that would help us move you know move to a place where we're both comfortable mm-hmm. it's it's not about being at, at odds either i think sometimes sam always sam does a really good job of pointing out like make sure you don't you use i statements or you know like like, don't critique the person in X, Y, and Z. I, my suggestion, similarly to that, would be like, make sure to tell them, like, this is not about disrespect. Um, I respect you a lot. I'm, I'm just trying to make our relationship sustainable. You know.
1: Hmm. Absolutely, and I think that there are outcomes that will be great and can keep you together, and also. If you get to a point where where those two goals are are no longer compatible, yes, um, then you absolutely have every right to make a decision about your relationship with him and whether or not you want to continue to be in it. Um, and both of those things are absolutely okay and are, are going to be the best choice for you as long as you mm-hmm. continue to prioritize your mental health and uh, prioritize your safety, honestly.
0: I agree. All right. Uh, we love you so, so, so much.
1: We do. Thank you so much for writing. All right. Our third and final letter of this episode comes from pastor's mistress, who is writing from the void. Pastor's mistress writes, buckle up because this is quite the ride. I have been in an on again, off again relationship for almost two years with this guy, Daniel. Of course, there is more to it. This relationship has been completely secret because Daniel is married. Not only is he married, but he works as a pastor at a church. Uh,
0: It's like a terrible, terrible bingo.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Just checking off all those boxes. We met while participating in a shared hobby. We became fast friends and developed a very close friendship. After a few months, our friendship became flirty. I felt crazy because, of course, this attractive and talented married man was not flirting with me. I thought this until he told me that there was something he needed to tell me. We met up and he professed that he had developed feelings for me. I was feeling the same thing, so we started to see each other on the down low. In this time, he talked about leaving his wife and starting a new life with me. This is all I wanted. This went on for about two months before he ended things. Over the next year, our friendship and even our flirting continued. I was confused but went with the flow. This was until he started things up again with me. The relationship Mm -hmm. began again and has again been secretly off and on for the last few months. I understand that this is wrong. I know morally that it should end, but I love him. He is everything that I have wanted in a man and more. I'm holding out hope that one day he will see that this secret needs to end and that him and I should be together. He will randomly drop things that keep me in it when I start to lose hope. I know that he loves me, but I don't know why he feels the need to hold on to both lives. I'm of course afraid that this will one day come out into the open, but I feel that maybe it will be worth it in the end. Please help me out in separating my head from my heart and deciding Mm -hmm. what I should be doing in this crazy scenario. Yours truly, the pastor's mistress.
0: Oh, pastor's mistress. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this part of your life.
1: Absolutely. You're in quite Um, a pickle, as Sierra would say. Quite a
0: pickle. (laughs) Um, Yes. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to say something blunt and loving. I want you to quickly, right now, make a little list of of everything you've ever wanted in a man. Just jot it down right now in your brain, like five to ten things, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. And then I
0: want you to look at that list and tell me if anywhere on there it says married and unattainable <laughs> and unwilling to commit to me because, and I say this lovingly, you said, he is everything is, I, He said everything you, you said, he's everything I wanted in a man. Um, But so often, and this is the work that you asked me to do. You asked me to separate your head from your heart. So often our heart only sees what our heart wants. And where, mm-hmm. whereas like our heads, like, you know finger in the ears like little kid like la 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 i'm not gonna pay attention to the fact that this whole human being is treating me inconsistently and is regularly unavailable and not only that here's the most painful part he's not choosing you Mm. he might choose you to flirt with or choose you to text with or choose you to sleep with but he is not choosing you to be with and that is is what you want in a man
1: I don't even know what to say because, like, you just said all the things I normally say. So,
0: <laughs> honestly, when you were reading this letter, I was sitting here thinking, I feel like such a different person than two years ago when we started this a podcast. So maybe I'm becoming you. Um, oh
1: my god, that was my plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> just creating Sam's all over the world.
0: Yeah, that's fine. My job was to, er, my my plan was to start an LLC with you so that we're bound by law. <laughs>
1: You couldn't marry me but you could get me to sign a <laughs> <Yes>. business contract.
0: <laughs> okay, back to you, Pastor's Mistress. I love you. I love you. My my um tough love. You know it's coming from a place of love, from a place of wanting to see you thrive. And 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 dating anyone on the download, dating anyone in secret is not where we can thrive. We don't thrive in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not mm-hmm. a secret. You shouldn't you shouldn't be kept this way. And guess what? He might this is the hardest part with these secret relationships is that they feel perfect, right? They feel like, "Oh my god, if it's this good when we're sneaking around, imagine how good it would be if we were in person." But it's like it's like a it's a shit cake covered with really really sweet frosting. So right now mm-hmm. all we're tasting is the frosting, right? Mm-hmm. We're not getting to the like literal shit. Sorry for this terrible metaphor. <laughs> It, of course, it feels really good right now, um, or it doesn't. It probably doesn't even feel good, right? It feels unrequited. No, it probably feels horrible, right? Yeah. Right. But we're like, oh my god, could we just get to the goodness? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we we always forget that the path to that good, healthy, sustainable relationship is almost never the painful, slow, salacious, dramatic, unrequited one, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know what will triple your chances of this person actually being with you? You refusing to see them like this. And I, there's not like a guarantee. Like, please don't put like the just break up like signature after that. I can't guarantee he's going to be with you, but I swear to God, like they're it, literally in this situation. <laughs> get it. Mm-hmm. Swear to God. Get it. Pastor. got it? Okay, got it yes, yeah, you you didn't got get it. Yet. I could tell. I so didn't I did. get it. <laughs>
1: No, I just smiled and nodded. I was like, oh, uh-huh, yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, okay." So, but in this situation, it's like he he is staying with you and his wife because you're letting him.
1: Force- is that the truth?
0: <laughs> right, you're letting him stay with both of you, and you hmm? can you can say you can either be with me or her. Take the pick.
1: Take, no, honestly, take, and take, I take think- the
0: pick. Is that the? That's not a phrase. Ooh, make spin- a pick. Um. Take, take a, make a, what's the phrase?
1: Whatever. I don't know.
0: Take a number. <laughs> make your choice. Yep. It's been a long time since I've like fucked up a common phrase.
1: Absolutely. We're doing really well. <laughs> um, yeah. No, everything that's here I said is absolutely true. And I think, I think that the, the piece of this that I, that I want to just really drive home is that. He is not everything that you wanted in a man because the man that you wanted is someone who's able and willing to commit and love you, which this man is not doing. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, and
1: mm-hmm. I also just want to say, like, the type of love that you're getting feels really exciting and, and like, like it's consuming your whole soul because it is being denied to you so often mm. because he is he. Has taught you that a crumb is a feast and it is not. So you see that crumb and you are like, oh my God, a crumb. I'm so excited. Thank you. I want this. And he's like, yes. Aren't you so happy with the bounty that I have given you mm-hmm. in this moment? And-, and there will be bounty beyond compare mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. keep eating these crumbs and be so thankful for them. And we'll get to a point when we'll have a big old stew. And you're like, yeah, that sounds really great. But let me tell you, you are worth more than crumbs, girl. You are worth more than promised stew. You are worth a delicious meal in this moment with someone who is able to enjoy it with you. And that is not this man. And right. your brain is tricking you into thinking that crumbs are sustainable, that crumbs are the best thing that you've ever tasted because you are so starved for actual nutrition in this moment that that is what it feels like. Right. And I'm not saying that to blame you or to 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 say that you are dumb or that you are you haven't figured this out, right? I'm saying I think I'm saying stuff that you probably already know. Yes. And saying that like this is a normal human response to this. This is the way that our brains work. And we can also choose to not believe our lizard brains in these moments and say I don't need that crumb because I know that there is something out there that is going to be more nutritious for me. And if I continue to focus on that crumb, I'm going to miss all of the amazing meals that I have been ignoring because of my focus on this this pretend future feast that I'm going to have.
0: Right, and and the last thing I'll to, I'll say off of Sam's like feasting metaphor is like
1: yeah, just like really into food. Mm, I guess time. I'm hungry right now.
0: <laughs> this guy might be a top chef, right? Like this guy might be giving you the most delicious crumb you've ever eaten, right? He and still a crumb. <laughs> by that I mean like he's probably a great person. He's probably yes. like. All hurting people, getting his needs out in um, unhealthy ways, unsustainable ways. Um, but he's a great person. Does that mean he is feeding you well? No. Mm-hmm. Is he? He's mm-hmm. a great cook. Does that mean that you are getting full off of and nourished off of his love? No. Could mm-hmm. you? Got? Are you guys compatible? Sure. If you ignore the huge, raging red flag, which is that he's not available, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and I say that because I think one of the hardest things in this situation is that our love for these people is so genuine and, and oftentimes, unfortunately, as much as I love to like stereotype an asshole, it's, it's deserved, right? Like this person is probably a great, friendly, kind, generous person, right? Mm -hmm. And so our love for them feels so earned by them. It's like, well, I couldn't not love him if I tried, promise oh, you that is,
1: i've heard that phrase so many times
0: i know i know um and but I, I think it's because that head and heart work um conflict which is like where is wilford wilford willful ignorance there we go my
1: mm-hmm. impediment it like, wilford who i'm sorry
0: <laughs> and um uh and also uh we like to over romanticize our romance. Not that it's not Mm. romantic and not the the point I'm trying to make is like, sure. I'm sure he's lovable, but is he available? I'm sure he's Mm -hmm. a good lovable person that you have love for, but can you find sustainable love in him? No. And so that's Mm -hmm. when our brains have to take over. And, and again, here's the script. I love this man. I wish he was available. I wish he wanted me enough to be with me. But he's not available, and he hasn't. I need to go find someone who's gonna love me wholly, because that's how I deserve. Another God joke in there by accident. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but I, I'm, that's that's head and heart work, my darling pastor's mistress. Yep. Is that you? Literally have to tell yourself, I do love him, but I'm gonna choose someone who can love me better and fully, and out in the open where I deserve to be loved.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you also have autonomy in this situation. Oh, you have yeah. choices to be able to make. I know that it, being in this situation often feels like it's the other person who makes all the rules, the other person who gets to decide everything, which is absolutely not true. You have the ability to tell this person no. You have the ability to withhold All of the awesomeness that is you from this person until he is able or willing to commit, which will be never, just to be clear. (laughs) And so I think you can, what I would encourage you to do is to take some autonomy back and say, this can't continue. We can't be friends. I cannot, I don't deserve to be strung along in this way. I don't deserve the measly crumbs that you are leaving me. And so I'm going to put my time and energy into finding someone who is emotionally and physically available for me mm-hmm. and block him. Mm-hmm. I do all, I love a good block, y'all.
0: Oh yeah, God loves blocks.
1: <laughs> yes, God is up there telling you to block, block, block him. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and your purpose on life is to find nurturing, sustainable- happiness um mm-hmm. it it is possible to love someone who's not good for us but it's mm-hmm. equally possible to tell our hearts like we need to go somewhere else where we can thrive and flourish um and and doing that work one step at a time as Sam says so absolutely pastor's mistress we love you so much we hope this tough love didn't leave you too um bruised um but we know you're strong enough We know you're sure as hell capable and worthy, um, and we love you. Thanks for writing.
1: We do. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. That brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with.
0: Okay, it's an organization, but I found them as an Instagram account. Instagram account. That was a weird. Instagram account. Emphasis (laughs) on the wrong syllable. (laughs) Instagram account. Okay. Uh, I I originally found it on Instagram, but learned more about them. It's an organization called The Conscious Kid. Have you heard about them? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I follow them on Instagram, too.
0: I really love them. And they are an education, research and policy organization dedicated dedicated to the equity and dedicated to equity and promoting Mm -hmm. healthy racial identity development in youth. I just read their little thing off their website. Um, Perfect. So what I can tell from the website and the Instagram that has been super helpful for me over the past like six months or so is um, they uh, push um, and promote and fund for incredibly diverse children's books. I thought that this Mm -hmm. would be a great blind date, particularly for our teachers and our parents and, um, guardians or mentors to to young children or school age kids, um, about, you know, just scrolling through their Instagram feed. I see books about, um, immigration, about, um, uh, the history of the black power movement, um, about, um, voting rights about transgender people. people. Um, and I, you know, as, as a child, uh, my grandmother was a librarian and so uh, my mother mm. used to read to us a ton. And so, you know, picture books and children's books really like flooded all of all of my childhood memories and really, um, left me with a great love of reading and learning. And um, I love the idea of children's books being a tool um, of anti-racism and an an educational tool, you know, like me being in a same sex uh, marriage, um, looking to the future when Willow and I become parents one day, I'm going to be using tool, uh, using books to tell my future child about um, you know, like sperm donation and um, uh, and what does it mean to have uh, to be um, gender non-binary or what um, what is the true history of slavery in our country? And how does it influence, um, you know, the present day in the U.S.? You know, I'm going to I want to teach them through books and not necessarily rely on our educational system to do that mm-hmm. important anti-racist work. Um And so they're just a really great resource. Plus, on top of all of that, um, they've been doing rent relief uh, fundraisers um, for um, families. Mm -hmm. And so they send out like 500 bucks to X amount of families every month for COVID um, rent relief. And I just think that's so cool. They're just such a great... Resource when I realized I hadn't shouted them while, I was like, oh God, what a perfect blind date. Because I I love a blind date that's a resource. So again, it's the conscious kid on Instagram, which is where I found them. But they also have a, a website, theconsciouskid.org, where you can donate, find some books, find some more cool resources. Awesome. All right.
1: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions of all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Please click follow to get new episodes every Monday, only on Spotify. Reminder that we are moving exclusively to Spotify on October 19th. That is two weeks from today. So please make that move so that you can continue to listen to all of the good stuff that we put out. And please also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's com slash just breakup pod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more broken hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice
0: and quickly remember we're doing an instagram live on october 10th it's a saturday 6 30 central 7 30 eastern original music recording editing producing all great magical things by our good friend big cats aka spencer you can check out his podcast the what if podcast and remember sometimes the quote perfect choice that makes everyone happy that causes no conflict that disappoints no one is the choice that hurts us the most. Sometimes we have to do what is uncomfortable to do what's right for ourselves. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.